You can turn to the Psalms, Psalm chapter 1. And tonight, God willing, will be the third last message on uh, the counseling topics. And then I would appreciate your prayers, because now I'm not quite sure what the next series must be. I had a wonderful idea and a great idea, um, but please pray for God's wisdom. So Psalm chapter 1, we're just going to read the first three verses of the psalm, and tonight's topic then, Alzheimer's and dementia. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we draw near to you, desiring truly that it may be with humble hearts before the Most High God, of whom we just spoke, the Most High God, that comes to draw near to sinners, as, as Jacques shared with us, and as Jeremy shared, and Kurs and myself, just your kindness and your mercy to us, little beings created of dust, that you would take an interest in us, not because of who we are, but because of who you are. O oh Lord, speak, even on a topic that might not interest many people, but a necessary topic for us as Christians to learn what says the word, what says the Lord. And may we hear your voice tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this is, here's something. I know nothing about Alzheimer's and dementia. I, I hardly knew anything, so I asked help from people in the church. I asked help from pastors, and I got a lot of help from a medical doctor in Alberton, and then some books I was researching, and then obviously the Holy Spirit's help in the psalm, uh, first and foremost. So I never knew what's the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia. I thought, oh, it starts out with dementia, and then when when it gets really bad, it's Alzheimer's. Uh, But that's not true at all. (laughs) That's not how it works. So dementia actually, I didn't know this until this this week, dementia is not a sickness. Dementia is its symptoms. It's like saying, oh, I cough a lot and I have a fever. So those are the symptoms. What is the sickness causing those symptoms? It can be bronchitis. It can be the flu. It can be pneumonia or many other things. And the same here. So dementia describes a certain group of symptoms, actually four symptoms, and two of those symptoms must be present so we can say, all right, those are the symptoms called dementia. So obviously one we know, it's memory loss. Another one is a lack of ability. You can't communicate clearly anymore. Another one would be perception problems. You can't, whatever you see, whatever you hear, you can't make sense of it properly as you ought. Uh, You don't have proper perception of that. And then also uh, difficulty with logical thinking. So those are the symptoms. What causes those symptoms called dementia? There are many things that can cause those symptoms. So drugs can cause memory loss. Uh, Long-term alcohol abuse can cause you to not communicate clearly and have perception problems. You can have a head injury. You can have meningitis, brain fleece on steering. You can have thyroid problems, and that can cause these issues, these symptoms called dementia. Maybe medication you're taking. 
And the medication, some of the side effects is causes memory loss or commu not communicating properly, a stroke, a shortage of vitamin B12, oxygen, uh, oxygen shortage, uh, shortage to the brain, fever, depression, brain tumor, many things <laughs> can cause dementia. And as soon as you have those symptoms called dementia and you go to the doctor, what they do is they have to eliminate all those other possible causes before they can come to the, the cause and say, you've got a brain sickness, and that brain sickness is called Alzheimer's. All right. <clears throat> now, wh why, it's, why I say that and why it's necessary to do that to eliminate the others, because many of those other symptoms are treatable. And then people think, I've got Alzheimer's, it's, uh, it can't be treated, I've got Alzheimer's, and now... You know, it's just a matter of time. Not so. Let me give an example of a certain Mr. Lee. He was 52 years old. He was diagnosed. He had uh, dementia, these symptoms. Went to the doctor and they did some tests. And in the end, they said, good Alzheimer's. So uh, the family is devastated. They put him in this institution or not institution, uh, like a retirement place, a special a frail care. And there he's treated for Alzheimer's and he's helped and, and he keeps on taking his medication for nine years. And after nine years, the money runs out. They've got no more money for the medication. And it wasn't Alzheimer's. He's completely healed. He goes on to become a lecturer in mathematics at a, at a college. <laughs> so it was actually caused by medication. The whole, all these symptoms called dementia. But maybe it is Alzheimer's. And in many people's cases, that's actually the number one cause of dementia, of these symptoms, is a brain sickness called Alzheimer's, and Alzheimer's is incurable. Can't be cured. Uh, medication can help deal with symptoms, but <clears throat> it can't be cured, and it's terminal. You die of Alzheimer's. Eventually, it takes about a decade, uh, for some a little more, for some a little less. So how this happens, on the screen now please, how this happens is, there, the top picture, you've got a normal brain, and the bottom picture, an Alzheimer's brain. And then they've got the photograph from the front, both, and then you've got neurons. So neurons are those little messengers in your brain. Uh, so what neurons do is neurons are supposed to carry messages uh, to other parts of the brain and to the body. So it must say to the, the, the brain, all right, do this now, and then the brain tells the body, move your hand or move your lips or the voice must, uh, the lungs must breathe or whatever may be the case. But then these brain, uh, brain proteins, and here's the problem with Alzheimer's. These things are the murderers. They are called plaques and tangles. So the next picture, please. So there you've got the neurons and these little things, these orange balls that look like balls of wool. Um, it's gekook. <laughs> it's not properly rolled up. Those things poison the neurons. And so now the neurons can't carry the messages from one neuron to the next, to the next, to the next, so that it can tell the body, move your hand, uh, breathe or swallow, or whatever the case may be. So the plaques, those are called the plaques, the orange, and there, the next one, here's the plaque again, this mass, and the neuron there, and inside the neuron, those are called 
tangles, the blue, it looks like blue, little blue lightning bolts, lots and lots and lots of them. Those things poison the neuron from the inside. So what happens is the neuron can't transport the nutrients, the food, to brain cells so the brain cells can live. So the brain cells die. One by one, it literally destroys the brain, this illness called Alzheimer's. Right, three stages of Alzheimer's. Next. So there you've got top left is the first stage. If you can see from the back, you'll see it's just a little, looks like blue ink. Just a little bit. It starts at the bottom of the brain in the hippocampus. So that's when the memory goes. That's the first thing, the short-term memory goes. So, so the brain can't form new memories. So you can't remember what happened five hours ago. You can't remember what happened yesterday. So it starts killing that. So the brain cells dies. So remember the plaques and the tangles. The messages can't be sent to say, right, take in, form new memory. That can't happen anymore. And then also the parts of the brain that must organize and the parts that must plan. So even simple plans, people with Alzheimer's, they can't make that anymore. Uh, the parts of the brain that, that tell the body to, okay, use these words when you form, formulate a sentence. Can't do that uh, properly as it should anymore and then you might even get lost uh, because the brain is now being destroyed you might even get lost in a place that's familiar you've been there a thousand times before now you don't know where you are all right next stage so you've we've got the moderate stage oh go back go back one please go back one all right moderate stage on the right you see the alzheimer's spreading now the disease spreading all right you can go to the next one uh, that's the beginning stage. Um, and then the next, uh, the next one, no, no, don't go to the next one yet. Go back one, please. All right, we top right-hand side. So that's the moderate stage. Now your long-term memory. You start forgetting things of years back even. And you, can't have the, you don't get the details right. And now you, you're so confused, you don't even know what time of the day it is. You don't know what day of the week it is. Sometimes you don't even know in what part of the year you are. And then even get lost. Where am I? And you in your house. So I want to go home. And you are home. And then you start um, becoming suspicious. And you start accusing people of stealing from you. And you start accusing your children. They want to kill you. They want to poison you. And you've got perception problems. Which means you, you'll start hallucinating. So you hear things that aren't there. You see things that aren't there. Or you interpret it totally skewed. And then you've got people, if you've been to um, a frail care and Ilza works at one, you'll hear those people call, help, can someone come here? And they call and maybe swear and maybe bite and kick and shout and so on. And then they've got what they call sundowning. So when the sun sets, then you're really confused and disorientated. And sometimes don't even know, uh, is it day or is it night? So much confusion. And then uh, the next slide, you can go on and then skip the next one. Or, or just go to the, yeah. So there's the severe stage. And now Alzheimer's is spread through the whole brain. And now those people can hardly talk. You'll just see them sit. And they've got no expression on their face. They don't even smile because those neurons aren't firing to tell the face smile. Or expressions, uh, facial expressions. And, and now you can't even take six words and put it into a sentence. Uh, so it's totally incoherent. And then also the brain, eventually the brain no longer 
gives the signal to swallow. Uh, or maybe it misfunctions. And so now you swallow, but now it goes, the thing didn't open as it should, and it goes into the lungs and you choke. Or <clears throat> the brain not telling the body to, to co the, no more coordination, so you can't walk anymore. Uh, so they either wheelchair or someone needs to walk with you. Uh, you have no control over your bladder, no control over your stomach. Uh, those signals aren't coming through and so they can't help themselves. You need to clean them up. Uh, social isolation. They don't even now recognize their closest friends and family members. So you'll be there and they'll tell you, you let's say you're their son. Yes, my son doesn't visit me, but it's you standing there. And they don't know who you are. And what eventually happens is the brain shrinks. So it's so destroyed, it becomes smaller and smaller. It's being eaten away. Those brain cells are dying and no more signals telling you to breathe. No more signals telling the heart to beat and you die. Wow, that was actually depressing for me as I prepared this. To, I, I never knew. And, you know, we so easily make jokes about this. Whew. This is no laughing matter. All right, so question, how can you prepare yourself or, and your loved ones for, for this? Or maybe you're in that position already. So how do you deal with this? All right, two commands from this passage, how are we going to prepare ourselves and deal with this? So let's read the passage first, Psalm 1 verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. All right, so the first command, if we're going to prepare ourselves biblically, is avoid sin. And that we find in verse 1. So this blessed man, in verse 1, Blessed is the man, singular. Who's that man? Who's that man who avoids sin and stays away from wickedness and evil? Who's that man who meditates on God's word day and night? Who's the only one who ever did that perfectly? It's Jesus. So Jesus alone is the blessed man of Psalm 1. But we know what Jesus did for us, that he died for our sins, that he's clothed us in his righteousness. So in Christ... You and I are now blessed. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So we are now blessed and now Jesus, now Christ uses us as vehicles of his blessing to others. So he's given us his blessing. We are blessed, verse 1, and now we can be used to be a blessing to others. Now when it comes to Alzheimer's and the symptoms called dementia, this is how we do it. You sit with the person, the, the sick person who has Alzheimer's. You sit with them and you talk to them and you listen to them, even if they've told you the story a hundred times. You just be with them. And then something very important is touch them and hold their hand while you're sitting with them and listening to them. Maybe play their favorite music. I've heard that at Hafslant, um, Ilza. When I visited my grandmother, they put music on or something on the, the television. Uh, maybe you can make a photo album where you can show them, yeah, yeah, here's mom and yeah, you are. And, you know, just a, a, yeah, the grandkids and so on. 
or ask them to tell you stories from their teenage years, especially in the early stages of, of Alzheimer's. They remember they got the long-term memory. They can tell you those stories and they might enjoy doing so or having a nightlight. So when they go to bed, so they don't get the sundowning, sundowning doesn't happen. You've got a night light, a very dim light, so they know, all right, here's a light. Okay, so it's nighttime. It's not daytime, so they don't get up at three and switch on the TV and it's blaring in the house, they're watching TV. Um, so, or a, a little clock with a digital, with a, the red numbers, that if they wake up, uh, big digital numbers, they can see it's two o'clock in the morning. So... That might help them. And just open the curtains just a little bit so they can see outside it, there's no sun. So it's nighttime. It's time to sleep. It's not daytime. And then also pray with the person. Pray for the person. That's important. And in your home, if you've got someone like that living with you, the hand railings and the non-slip little mats in the kitchen, you don't want slippery things. Old people will easily fall. And then also the... The caretakers. Maybe, maybe you just can't deal with this kind of thing and you need a caretaker. And that honors God if you honor your parents in that way. Jesus said so. So taking in those parents and caring for them and loving them. Or if they're going to be in, a, in a, a place in a frail care where they're taken care of to make sure you, you contribute financially and make sure you visit them. Even though they tell you, my kids don't come, but you were there this morning. But just keep on going and visiting them. And then very important, even though they do have dementia, uh, whatever sickness causes that, those symptoms, and if it's Alzheimer's, you still respect your parents. Even if you have to treat them maybe like a child, just do everything for them, you still remember it's my parent, God wants me to respect them. And to honor them. I remember a lady in our church, uh, she landed in frail care at Allen Park, and her kids would visit her often. And they were so respectful to their mother. Even if she would just sit there, she wouldn't even talk anymore. Later, I would visit her, and she just went, mm, mm. They were so respectful to their mother. And I thought that's a wonderful example. And then giving them little things to do, tasks to do. If they're capable of it, for instance, you're busy cooking, let them peel the potatoes or cut the carrots and the beans um, so they feel they, they still got something to do. And then don't correct them. You can correct them on biblical issues, but don't correct them on the facts. They got Alzheimer's. They don't remember the facts. Uh, like uh, Deirdre and I, when we just got here. So I'm a 25-year-old pastor. My wife's 22 years old. And we go to visit this woman, Tani, in the church. He's got, I don't know, was it Alzheimer's or just uh, something else causing the, the demented state. But so we go and visit him and he forgets. And, <laughs> and his wife would say, you're talking nonsense now. Stop it now. But the poor man, he can't remember. Another case that I read of in this week. Uh, let me just get back to this other man. So... I go to his house after a Sunday morning service. He's ill. He's lying in bed. And I said, hello, Worm. I hear you got the flu. And his wife shouts from the lounge, he's not that sick. And he said, I said to him, grip. He says, sick of my peep. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, another story I read in the week. This lady, she's a hospice, a qualified hospice nurse, I don't know what their 
CPRN, wat al die letters voorstaan nie, doe net wel nou. But, um, she said her parents lived with her, and her dad had Alzheimer's. And then her dad would say, like this time, now he's going to bed, he said, all right, I'm going upstairs, but there is no upstairs. He's never lived in a double-story house, and the mom would get irritated. There is no upstairs. Show me. Where are the upstairs? Show me. Where's, where are the stairs? And then she would take him outside and show him it's a one-story building. Where are the stairs? Do you see any stairs? And eventually the daughter said, Mom, don't get so irritated with Dad. If he says, I'm going upstairs, just tell him. It's fine. See you in the morning. So don't correct that on all the issues and now, you listen to all those things that I said. These are ways that Christ uh, you, uh, brings His blessing through us for those kinds of people. Unbelievers can do that. Unbelievers can do many of those things. So why is it so special for Christians? I think it's special because we can be an eternal blessing to people. Not just a temporal and, and blessing here on earth. So how, how do you become a blessing that it counts for eternity? This is how you do it. The blessed life begins where? According to verse 1. Where? Repentance. Turning away from sin and the influences of sin. Now, I don't know if you saw in verse 1, if you got your Bible open... Blessed is the man, look at the cube. It's three, three, three. Blessed is the man who walks not, nor stands, nor sits. Walk, stand, sit. In the counsel, in the way, in the seat. Of the wicked, of sinners, of scoffers. So that's what you avoid and that's what you do, according to the verse. Now what's the, how do you apply that to Alzheimer's and other cases, cases of dementia. You know, many people with Alzheimer's, they, and actually most of them, and probably all of them, they live in the distant past. They live in the distant past. What kind of life will you have if you get Alzheimer's? And verse 1 was your distant past. And that was actually the way you lived and you never repented of your sin. What's going to happen when you have Alzheimer's? That's your life. That's your life. All the evil, all the wickedness, all the sin is going to come back and that's where you'll live. So any sin you hid in the past and you might have done it successfully behind closed doors, in the dark, in the deepest secrets of your heart and in your thoughts, that's going to come out. Because now you have no ability anymore to distinguish between private life and public life. And so whatever's inside is going to come out. Alzheimer's is the trigger that brings it out or other forms of dementia when the memory goes. <clears throat> so, swearing, cursing, anger, sexually perverse remarks that you make, that's not the Alzheimer's putting it inside you. That's inside the heart. That comes out. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Alzheimer's just confuses your brain. You don't distinguish private and public, and everything that's inside just bubbles out. And so you see that coming. The doctor I spoke to this week uh, sent uh, messages, actually yesterday. I asked her a lot of questions. And she works with Alzheimer's and dementia. She was involved with an old age home where they worked with these people. And she told me of a case of a man who flirted with a woman. I mean, any and every woman. 
he would flirt with. And later on, he couldn't even distinguish between the private and public so that he's, when his wife visits, right in front of her, he would flirt with other women. So obviously, somewhere in his past, and maybe for many years, it was inside. It was in his mind, in his heart. Or he flirted with women maybe behind his wife's back. And now it all becomes public. So what you need to pray is, Lord, cleanse me of sin. When I prepared this, I said, Lord, purify me. I don't want to be there. Purify me. Cleanse me. You need to kill sin. John Owen's words, you be killing sin or sin will be killing you. You kill sin by the power of God's Spirit, says Romans 8 verse 13. And that's not only for the, the person who has Alzheimer's. That also goes for the loved ones who take care of you or for the nurse or whoever because you can become frustrated and angry and irritated with a person. Where does that come from? That's not the Alzheimer's, the person, the, the patient putting it into your heart. You get frustrated and angry and fed up because that's, what inside, that, that's what's inside. That person's against just the trigger. He just pulls the trigger and it explodes. And so now what's really inside comes out. And so in that case, what we need to do is to pray. Galatians 5 verse 22 and 23. Lord, give me the fruit of the Spirit. Work in me that I'll be self-controlled and patient and gentle and so on. And have love and swallow your pride. And ask for help. Are you struggling? Say, please, tell the rest of your family members, I can't take care of mom alone. I need your help. Maybe friends, the church where, where you're involved, to say, please, would you mind coming with your family and just talking to my dad and, and seeing that he's fine? We just want to break and go out for the night. And that's fine. And, and we're the body of Christ to serve one another and to help one another in that. Or maybe, maybe the, the person... Uh, in the old age home also, or the frail care, asking help there, maybe getting your father or your mother or whoever, your husband or wife, into a frail care that they can be taken care of. Now to get back to the text, to get back to the text, verse 1, repent of your sin. Repent of the influences of sin. Turn away from that. Don't think, I will repent one day. What if you get hardened? What if your heart is so hardened against God, you do not repent? You know Tani Nelly, she visits the old age home often. And Tani Nelly told me of cases where she speaks to people who have some form of dementia, perhaps Alzheimer's, and when she tells them about Jesus and about heaven, they tell her, don't talk, those, don't talk stories to me. Those are stories. They're old people and they're hardened against the gospel. So take the opportunity while God gives it. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Now what if you have a case, because you've heard of this, I guess, and I've heard of this. People who are born again, they're Christians. But then when they get Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia, or these, these kinds of symptoms, and the memory goes, they talk unbiblical nonsense. Like John MacArthur, he's the guy who, who trained him. Charles Feinberg. When Charles Feinberg was old, he got Alzheimer's and he said Jesus is not the Messiah. Now, Charles Feinberg was a Jew. He was a Jewish rabbi. He studied 14 years to become a rabbi. And I just wonder if the short-term memory went. He was living in the past, perhaps in those years when he was a rabbi. So in that case, I want to say, he who began the good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even Alzheimer's or other forms of memory loss. God does not base your salvation on how well you remember. 
God bases our salvation on what, on what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And our trust is in Him. You see, the salvation that Jesus brings, it goes further than the brain. It goes deeper than the brain. He, he gives you a new heart. He removes the heart of stone. He gives you a heart of flesh. He makes you a completely new person, transformed into the image of Christ. Um, Ephesians 4 verse 23 speaks of the spirit of our minds. So it's more than just the brain. It goes right to the spirit. So in that case, a man like that talking unbiblical nonsense, saying Jesus is not the Messiah, I want to say thank you, Lord, that his salvation isn't based on his memory. I think in those cases, what we should do is we should remind people with Alzheimer's, when you visit them, family members or whoever, we should remind them of the gospel often. We should remind them of the blood of Jesus Christ. And one way we remind them of the gospel is by serving them communion. Because Jesus said, eat this bread, drink the cup, do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance, memory. But more than memory of the brain. It's, but the person can't remember. Yes, there's something deeper than the brain. The soul, the spirit. And he doesn't have to remember back wherever. He's got it in his hand, the bread. He's got it. She's got it in her hand, the wine, the cup. They can see it. They can taste it. They can remember. You can tell them of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Remind them of the gospel in that way. Whether it be here, they're still able to come to church perhaps, or whether you have to go to the old age home or to the home, they're not able to come anymore and you serve them communion there. But even if it does come to a point where they can no longer remember anything, they cannot remember, but God can. Jesus will not forget his own. The foundation of the firm foundation of the Lord stands with this inscription written upon it. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who call on the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. 2 Timothy 2.19 Can a mother forget her child? Well, some mothers do. They kill them before they're even born. Some mothers just dump their children. Isaiah 49 tells us a mother can forget her child, but I will not forget you. Your name is engraved on the palms of my hands. So Jesus remembers his own, even when they have Alzheimer's. Number two, second command then, is meditate on God's word. That's in verse 2 and 3. If we're going to prepare ourselves for this illness, perhaps you can just skip one more. Thank you. <laughs> Meditate on God's word, verse 2 and 3. So the righteous, where does the righteous person live? According to verse 2. Come, you can help me. I'm sure. He lives in thoughts. But where are those thoughts? In the Word and about God. So he warms his heart, as Thomas Watson says, at the fires of meditation. Now remember, meditation in the Bible is not Eastern meditation emptying the mind. Biblical meditation is filling the mind. Filling the mind with truth. So you fill the mind with truth. Now actually the word meditate in Hebrew, it literally means to mutter softly to yourself, mumbling under your breath. Now, not mumbling in terms of complaining, just muttering the Bible, just saying the verse over and over. So Psalm 1, verse 1, 
Blessed is the man. Blessed. What does blessed mean? That's what I do when I prepare my sermons. I meditate on the word. I pray through it. So that's what it means, muttering it to yourself. And literally, you, you're busy burying the word in your heart. You're hiding the word in your heart. Can Alzheimer's get to the brain? Yes. Can Alzheimer's get to the soul? No. <laughs> so you've got the word hidden in the heart, Psalm 119 verse 11. And the Holy Spirit will now bring it out. He will use the bucket of prayer and scoop. And he'll just use the bucket for those, that Alzheimer's person who doesn't even know what to pray. The Holy Spirit will pray for him. Romans 8 says that. And he'll scoop with a bucket when the brain goes. And you'll keep on growing spiritually. That's what Kurs read for us. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16. The outer man, the outer nature is wasting away. But the inner man, the spirit is being renewed day by day. Um, I, I saw this in one book. A pastor said, a Welsh pastor, he said, this is a typical thing when he visits people like this. So he goes to the old age home and he visits the person with some form of dementia, perhaps Alzheimer's. And then he'll say, how are you doing, Mrs. C? Whatever her surname is, he just says Mrs. C. And she would say, the chair and the leaf sunk the drain. The sky is blue and don't forget to cook for three minutes. No coherent way of communicating. And then he would say to the person, after visiting and sitting for a while and holding the lady's hand, he would say, he's going to read the Bible now. And he reads the Bible and he prays. And when he's done praying, she says to him, you know, the Lord Jesus is as precious to me today as he was the day when I met him. There's something deeper than the brain. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of the believer, even when they get Alzheimer's. You might as well forget that you're alive than forgetting God and His Word. Psalm 119, I remember this with my grandfather and with my grandmother. Both of them started symptoms of memory loss. But my grandmother would remember the old hymns. And she would sing them. And my grandfather would remember the Bible. Why? Psalm 119 verse 93. I will never forget your commandments. Because by them you have given me life. <laughs> but then obviously it must be your life. It must be your joy. It must be verse 2. His delight is in the law of the Lord. A joy in the word of God. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. And the more you meditate, the more you love it. And the more you love it, the more you delight in it. And the more you delight, the more you want to meditate on it. And the more you meditate, the more you enjoy it. And it just keeps going, the circle. So how do you meditate? How do you meditate? This is how you meditate. So you take a verse... And you think through every phrase and every word and how that word, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man who walks not. In the council, how does this walk connect with counsel? What does he mean here? And you think through it and you pray through it and you ask the Holy Spirit for more insight. And then you pray for, how can I apply it to my life? And then you pray it more and then you worship the Lord and you pray it more and you see something in your heart and you confess your sin. And you pray it more and then you see something else and you consecrate yourself anew to God and say, I want to serve you. And so you think through it and pray through it and think through it and pray through it. Now, you don't meditate on the Bible just because it's some interesting book, piece of literature. 
You meditate on the Bible. Why? There's something deeper you're looking for. Verse 2. His delight is in the law of the Lord. You want God. You want to seek the Lord in His Word. You want to meet with Christ. You want to fellowship with Him through the Holy Spirit. And with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you're seeking fellowship with God. That is very important when it comes to Alzheimer's. What you want that Alzheimer's person or other forms of dementia is read the Bible to them. Ilza plays snippets of sermons, or I don't know if it's full sermons, sometimes parts of sermons. She has a Bible study with them. And maybe there's some of the guys who did the preaching class who want to get involved with that. Uh, is it once a week, Ilza? Yeah, once a week, just to go and, and have a short. It's, it's not long. They don't concentrate for long. But just a short something that you share with them from God's Word. But it's important to do this. And the person, the person who, who receives Christ as his Savior, the person who, who accepts the Word of God is like verse 3. It says he's like a tree planted by streams of water, heals its fruit in its season, and so on. I remember a preacher in, at, a, at a minister's conference, pastor's conference in Michalisburg. He was from Scotland, <laughs> Jamie Grant. And he said, he, he preached from the psalm and he said, well, you must remember this is Israel. He said, Scotland, it doesn't make a jot of difference whether it's planted by a stream or not. It rains every day, every second day. This is Israel. And parts of Israel, as we know, the, the large parts of Israel, that's desert. And so this might mean that, wow, remember they are, they are very warm parts and, and deserted parts and wilderness. And then there's parts in the Jordan Valley where it's green. So this is that kind of tree. Or it might mean this tree might be in the wilderness. But its roots are so deep, it gets to the subterranean water. It gets to, it gets to the underwater streams. And it's always got nourishment. It's always got fresh water. So even when the drought comes, the tree leaves are green, it says, always bearing fruit in its season. Leaves don't wither. In all that this person does, he prospers. What interests me of the verse is it says the tree is planted by those streams. Someone planted it there. You have to plant yourself on purpose in the way of God's word. It's not just going to happen. You must be here. And especially for the psalmist, did he have his own copy of the Bible? They didn't have their own copy. Where did they learn God's word? Where it was preached. And then they would take what they heard in the preaching and they would meditate on that word. And so place yourself in the way of the preaching of God's word. And you take home and you meditate through the week and you think on that. And you have a copy of the Bible, so read it in the week. And meditate on God's word throughout the week. And then verse 3 happens. You are like that tree, your leaves don't wither. The tree that's flourishing, it's always green, bears its fruit in its season, even when the famine of Alzheimer's strikes. Then you are the tree that we see in Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8, right? It's the same as this verse. 
Maybe I should just flip there quickly. Jeremiah 17, I'll read it for you. Verse 7, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who trusts, whose trust is in the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green. It's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So you must store up now. You must be like an ant, storing away for the winter. You must store up now like 2 Peter tells us. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 to 15. Peter says, I will remind you of these things again and again. So that when I'm dead, when I'm gone, you'll be anytime you'll be able to recall them. And remember, the recalling does not only come from the brain. It comes from the heart. It comes from the soul where the Spirit of God lives and is in you. And then it says, you will be prosperous in all you do. Now, this is a sermon about Alzheimer's. You can apply this to any, any area of life. You'll be prosperous in all you do. It doesn't mean, mean you're going to have a fat, fat bank account or live in luxury. I mean, this is real prosperity. This is eternal prosperity. This is spiritual prosperity, even in sickness. You'll be prosperous, even in sickness. There's a story of Elizabeth Elliot. Many of you know the story of Jim Elliot who was killed in Ecuador in 1956. Elizabeth Elliot, god of uh, dementia, or a form of dementia, I don't know, was it called, caused by Alzheimer's or what? But, but she would sit there and she would just stare. And then someone would visit, she wouldn't talk, she'd just sit. And then also a lot of confusion, but as soon as you talk Bible, <laughs> it comes from the heart, drawing from the streams. And bears fruit. So, if you don't do this, and I, I'm not going to preach the rest of the psalm, but if you do the rest of the psalm, verse 4, 5, and 6, and you choose the way of the wicked, and you choose the way of sin, you will perish. You will be destroyed. You will perish even if you don't get Alzheimer's. Even if your memory is as Fine as a grade one. And you know what will happen in hell? You'll have a memory. You'll have a memory and you will remember a life of sin without Christ. We see that in Luke 16. You remember that? The rich man and Lazarus. And Abraham said to the rich man in hell, Abraham in heaven, and he said to them, said to him, Do you remember? Do you remember when you were on earth? And that man remembered. He remembered he had five brothers who were lost. You'll have a memory. And in heaven, you will have a memory. You will remember. You'll remember. Even sin. But you will not remember sin to make you sad. You will remember I was saved from sin. And you will worship the Lamb who has redeemed us and cleansed us with His blood and forgiven all our sins and will think of it no more and you'll never have a sinful thought again. You'll just remember, I was a sinner. I'm saved by grace. And you will worship the Lord forever and ever. Don't hold it back. This gospel from those people with Alzheimer's and and other things that cause them to be demented. Tell them about Christ. Can the Holy Spirit 
penetrate the heart of someone who has Alzheimer's? Can the Holy Spirit open the heart of someone who has Alzheimer's and save them? You better believe he can. I'll tell you the story of, Miss, of Mrs. M. <laughs> Mrs. M, she was an atheist. And then she got Alzheimer's. And it became worse and worse, all the symptoms. And she would scream at people to their faces. And she would hit her, her, hit, hit her grandchildren with her cane. Because they get, come, they, you're coming too close to my chair. That's my chair. And really ugly. And all the ugliness coming out now. And even in the midst of memory loss and everything just going downward and the brain cells dying, she never lost her hatred for Jesus. And when they would talk to her about Jesus, she would tell them, I don't want your Jesus. Until one day, they took her to church. And she had a clear moment. And she understood the gospel. Or she heard the sermon. And on the way home, she said in the car, I need God's forgiveness for what I've done to them. She treated some people very badly. And her children shared the gospel with her in the car. She repented. She called on the name of the Lord. She confessed Christ as her Lord and Savior. And she started telling others about him. <laughs> and what he had done for her. This is in Ed Welsh's book, Blame It on the Brain. Wow. And then things just deteriorated and got worse and worse. But she died and went to heaven a saved woman. <laughs> you know, that reminds me, I just want to close with this. That reminds me of what Jesus said. Of rich people, I think Jesus could have said that of people with Alzheimer's. And probably of any of us. But he said it's very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter heaven. He could have said that of Alzheimer's. And then the disciples said, but who then can be saved? What's the answer? What is impossible with man is possible with God, even in the case of Alzheimer's. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bless you and praise you. What a Savior, what a Savior, Lord, that you would even an atheist who can no longer remember the memory is gone and the ugliness and saving a woman like that. But Lord, should we look at the atheist who has Alzheimer's? Should we not look at ourselves, at our own hearts, how dark, how sinful, how evil, how lost? And you saved us. Blessed be the name of the Lord, now and forevermore. Amen.